Hey, this is Andy Storch, and you are listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hoolan. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So excited to have you all with me today. And as you heard from that introduction, we are having back, that's right, having back Andy Storch. Andy, how are you? Woohoo, John. I am excited to be here. I'm pumped. I'm feeling good. Second time on the show. And uh, in between, we managed to get together in person out in Kansas City last summer. So we've actually yeah. met officially in person as well as in Zoom. And I'm excited to be back here. That's right. That's right. Folks, I can't tell you how rewarding that was for me to get to meet Andy in person. He has such an infectious personality and his family was so great. Uh, his wife, Courtney, and his two kids, they were so fun. It was nice to be able to hang out with them for an hour or so as they were traveling through. That's right. Kansas City, exploring the Kansas side of Kansas City. That's right. That's right. Most people don't even think of Kansas City having a Kansas side to it, but we do. We do. That's right. All right, folks. And as a reminder to who Andy is, Andy's a speaker. He's the author of the book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. He is a cancer survivor. He is certainly a podcaster. He's an NFT investor, which we are definitely talking more about in the rest of this podcast. Plus, husband and dad. That's right. Now, you have two podcasts, correct, Andy? You've got the My NFT Journey and you've got the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast? Uh, I've got three now. John. Three? Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So the Talent Development Hot Seat, uh, the Own Your Career show, uh, which has changed a couple of times over the years. It was originally, the, it was the Andy Storch show for a long time and then uh, changed to the Own Your Career show when I published my book in November, 2020. And then, uh, in November 2021, I launched the NFT, my NFT journey uh, as a way to kind of track and share my journey through the NFT world and educate other people who are coming into the space. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's definitely where we're going to be focusing today. So folks, I have to let you know, I, I do research before I do every interview. I research the people that I'm interviewing. So I already knew some about Andy, so I didn't have to do as much about that. But let me tell you, I had to do some mega research on this whole field of NFTs because I am a complete novice when it comes to this. To say that I know nothing would be an understatement. And I'm totally okay with saying that. That doesn't bother me. Everybody has to start there. You don't right. know stuff until you learn it. So that's kind of where I am in my process. So for those of you who don't know what an NFT is, let me give you a definition because this is what really helped me. And I will be very honest, and we'll put this in the show notes. I found this on NFT for Dummies. Really exists. It is an actual book. <laughs> nice. That's right. Okay. It's a, you tell me, Andy, if I'm saying this right. A okay. non-fungible, am I saying that right? That's right, yeah. A non-fungible, which means unique or non-replaceable token. So NFT, uh, it's a unique digital code that represents some kind of digital item like art or music. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. it's not limited to those two things, but right. those are the two that most people associate with it. Would you agree with yeah. that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think of it like a digital asset. Uh, you know, okay. so it, you could think of it as a collectible or an investment, or it could be um, intellectual property. It could be access to something. It could be art. It could be a number of different things. Um, the keys are it's digital. Uh, it's trackable. Uh, it's on the blockchain, which we could get into, uh, which means that you can see where it came from, who owns it, you know, how long they've had it. Uh, and you can easily verify if, if it's real or not, right? If it's something that is, you know, and how many there are in the world. So if you think of uh, like an artist creating a piece of art and then um, the artist or the gallery, you know, creates a, a limited run of 100 prints or 1000 prints, right? And you buy one of those, one of 100 prints, um, you know, if it's a, if it's a well-known artist, that's still pretty valuable, right? Uh, but you don't really know for sure if you have if there were only 100 right maybe what if they lied <laughs> and they created 500 or a thousand or a million right um and how can you prove that it's real there might be a certificate of authenticity but that could probably be forged potentially right it's just a piece of paper um whereas when you're looking at digital assets on the blockchain uh, everything is verifiable it's recorded and you can see right there that oh there are only 100 of these i own number 522 Oh, sorry, that wouldn't make sense. I have number 52 out of 100, right? And, um, you know, I got it on this date at this time and I hold it in this wallet. Um, and it's a way to kind of see what's out there. And, um, you know, it, scarcity, limited, uh, I, you know, that comes into it. Uh, and the way I think about it of like, you mentioned the, you know, non-fungible tokens, right? Fungible versus non-fungible. It's, it's non-replaceable. I like to think of it in terms of like a concert ticket or a sports ticket. You and I were talking a little bit about sports before we started recording. Let's say you have tickets to, um, but maybe we'll say a, a concert. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's those like general admission or like floor passes that just get you into the show and you can kind of stand anywhere or sit on the lawn yeah. or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. If you and I had two of those tickets and we we're going to a show, we could switch tickets and it really wouldn't matter. We walked in and you wouldn't yeah. know the difference, right? That's essentially fungible, right? Uh, whereas if we had two tickets to a show and, and there was, you know, assigned seats and you had row B6 and I was in row Z, uh, you know, seat 10 or something, you wouldn't want to just switch that with me, right? Because you're a lot closer <laughs> to the stage. Uh, so your ticket is such, you know, in theory would be a lot more valuable than mine. Uh, and therefore, you know, you might want to get more money for it or, you know, it might be, there might be less of those. Uh, either way, they're not exactly the same, right? Those are non-fungible tickets and we're talking about non-fungible tokens. Right, right. Okay. Well, you, you brought up some terms there that's probably going to be a good thing for us to talk about. Uh, the first one that I know I've at least heard, I'm sure our listeners have heard, but maybe don't know how to say what it is, let alone how it relates to NFTs. You mentioned blockchain. Let's talk about that one first. Yeah. And by the way, I'll, ca full caveat here. I, I don't work in this space. I'm not a technology expert. I'm a, I'm a business guy, an entrepreneur, author, speaker, just someone who has become an enthusiast of NFTs, a collector, an investor. I've invested a significant amount of money into the space because I believe in it. We can talk about it. Um, the way I think about the blockchain and understand it is it's essentially a collection of computers around the world who are doing mathematical equations to agree on and verify transactions. And the reason that's important, uh, and when you hear about like people mining cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, those are the people with the supercomputers who are uh, doing the work to verify those transactions. They get rewarded by um, being able to pick up little pieces of those cryptocurrencies. But the reason it's important that we're having all of these different computers agree on transactions is that 
the whole idea of the blockchain is that decentralized is one of the big buzzwords in the space, which means there's no one administrator that oversees everything. And therefore, it's a lot harder, nearly impossible for um, like some type of theft or fraud to occur. Now, there are a lot of scams in the space. Someone might try to get your password and, and take your NFT or your money. We can talk about security. Um, but Bitcoin, which is the most popular, well-known cryptocurrency, which is traded on the blockchain, um, we know, we can be fairly confident that no one is ever going to like hack into the system and steal Bitcoin because it's verified by all of these thousands of computers around the world. It's not like one central bank, you know, you hack into JP Morgan Chase on Wall Street and you can somehow like change the numbers and take a billion dollars. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Now, there are other, like I said, plenty of scams and stuff out there where people are trying to take um, cryptocurrency or NFTs from others. And we can we can talk about security. But I think the important thing about the blockchain is that it's all of these different computers that are agreeing on things. It's decentralized. You own your own stuff and you've got to kind of connect into the blockchain to uh, record transactions. And then once a transaction happens, say you buy or sell cryptocurrency, you buy or sell NFTs, you trade, even if I send something to you today, uh, it's recorded essentially for like all time. And so everything is visible and I can go see, anybody can go see that, yes, Andy sent John an NFT or a Bitcoin or whatever on this date at this time. And you really can't like hide from it. It's, it's essentially more transparency than we've ever had before, even though a lot of people do act anonymously in the space. Um, but it's kind of like a, a digital ledger that's available to everybody around the world, as long as you're on the internet, I guess. Right, right. Okay. Uh, something else you mentioned before, you talked about a, uh, a wallet or like this digital wallet. Yeah. What's that about? And how does that relate to both NFTs and the blockchain? Yeah. So, I mean, the term wallet, of course, it, it comes from the traditional wallet that you might carry around where you'd have, you know, dollar bills in your cash in, right? Your pictures of your family or something like that. Um, a digital wallet is what you would use to store your cryptocurrency to use uh, to store your NFTs. So I've invested in and bought a number of different NFTs over the last year, and they sit in uh, one of two digital wallets that I have. Um, and so they're all like recorded again, back to the blockchain shows that, hey, these NFTs are sitting in this wallet that belongs to me and no one can touch those as long as they don't have the keys to that wallet. So you can maybe think of it more as like a digital safe, right? There's a password and there's keys. Um, and everything is stored in there, but people can also see it publicly if I choose to share the things that I have publicly. Um, so you could also think of it as like a digital gallery as well, right? And one of the things that, things that I think is interesting about this in the NFT world is that um, for generations, people have always been interested, I think, in showing off the things that they have, right? Whether it's art on the wall in your home, the clothes you wear, the car you drive, um, everything is kind of like, a flex or a beacon of like, hey, this is who I am, the style I am, right? I mean, you, I'm looking at you on Zoom right now. You have pictures of your family behind you on the wall, right? Um, this shows me that you are, you care a lot about family. I already know this about you, right? But it's kind of part of your brand. Um, I have a poster of my book on the wall behind me, part of my brand. I'm wearing a Gator, Florida Gator sweatshirt right now because that's my alma mater. I went to University of Florida, so I wear a lot of Gator uh, paraphernalia. Um, that's part of like who I am, right? So I'm kind of right. showing that off. Your mm -hmm. digital wallet can be part of that as well uh, because people can go and see what you have in there, right? That you're willing to show, like the NFTs that you bought, which could be part of 
who you are and what you want to display or show off to the world. And, and what I think is really interesting about that is I think all tickets one day will be NFTs in the very near future. Um, so going back to that concert idea, you know, imagine you and I are talking and we compare wallets and, and I could say, oh, wow, John, I saw that you went to the John Mayer concert in Chicago in 2001. I was there too. That's crazy. Or like, <laughs> I saw you've been to a bunch of John Mayer concerts. I'm a fan of his too. It could be, a, you know, an interesting conversation starter. Yeah. Um, not to mention like the things you could be collecting that you're interested in. Um, they're all kind of sitting in that digital wallet. Now, there are a couple of different types of digital wallets, and I don't know all the details on this, but they're essentially um, what are called, uh, ooh, I'm drawing a blank on it, essentially like what's supported and and um, held by uh, another company. So like Coinbase would be an example of that. So Coinbase is probably the most popular platform you can use to buy and sell trade cryptocurrency. Um, I have a, I use Coinbase to buy cryptocurrency and I have a wallet with them. Now they are kind of an administrator of that, right? So they okay. kind of oversee, like if I lose my password, I can probably reset it with them and get that back, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then I have, and so that's kind of often referred to as like a custodial wallet. And then I have what's called a non-custodial wallet through a software called MetaMask, which completely belongs to me. Nobody oversees that. And I have a password and a what's called a seed phrase, which is a co collection of words that I can use to get back in if I lose my password. And if I lose that, um, it's gone forever. Like there's no way for me to ever get it back, which is kind of scary. Like a lot of people love owning their own stuff. It's kind of like the equivalent of like, you know, living off the land and getting off the grid, right? You can have own all your own stuff, but it's a little scary to me too, because you know, again, like you lose that, like I have all my retirement funds and accounts with Fidelity, right? If I forget my password, I can call Fidelity and they'll be like, yeah, your retirement account's still here. Just verify your ID and here's your money, right? Right. Oh, with right. with this idea of decentralization in the blockchain, you own everything. And but if you lose it and there's, you know, there's news stories out there of people that have forgotten their passwords and have like, oh. you know, five hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin on on a hard drive and they just can't get to it because they, you know, oh. they just they bought it years ago, forgot the password. So it's like really important to to write that stuff down and and keep it secure. Oh wow. Okay, man, so much there. All right, now you you mentioned and but sorry. By the way, I just want to add one more yeah. thing because that sounds kind of scary. We are really early in this space. Like I think of it as, um, like we're in 1998. If you remember, you know the dot com boom, where like the oh, internet's yeah. coming around, people are getting on it, but still a lot of people are like, why should I care about this? Like I don't know how to do this. Most companies don't have websites yet. Um, this is early, right? We are pre.com bust. You know, this is, like I said, 98. We could be entering a bubble, who knows? But long-term, the internet took over everything. Long-term, I think what we're referring to as Web3, which is blockchain, NFTs, cryptocurrency, I think that takes over everything, completely changes the world and commerce and the way we do everything, communicate with each other, all of that stuff. Um, and I think a lot of this stuff will change and it will become easier because right now, you know, to your point, when you said you started doing research and you're like, I don't know how to do this stuff, it's cumbersome to get started. Um, and there are challenges, like I said, there's security issues, password, all that stuff. Um, I think that's all going to get worked out. And in five or 10 years, uh, we're going to look back and go, wow, that was crazy. That was Wild West. Now it's so easy to do these things, right? So it's very early days. Like I said, you know, for those that are 40 or older and you remember, you know, the early days of the internet, 1996, 97, 98, I think that's where we are right now with web three and blockchain and it's eventually going to become 
ubiquitous. It's something that we're using for everything. Oh gosh, man, that's so true. Um, I mean, that was something I hadn't even considered bringing up was the whole idea of web three. Yeah. Right. Again, something I know extremely little about, but you know, I don't live in that world. So right. that, that has a lot to do with it. So but you will, you will soon enough, John. Oh, I know. I know. So I, let's, let's kind of step back for a moment and just yeah. kind of give us this, this big overarching picture of your NFT journey. How did you get started? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, uh, I got started because of and through uh, a man you probably follow as well, Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary mm -hmm. V, or at least know who he is, right? Gary, for those that don't know, um, Gary V is uh, kind of West known for being an entrepreneur. He runs a di digital ad agency out of New York with over a thousand employees, but he also has this brand on social media, the Gary V brand um, and millions of followers across Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it. Um, and he's been like, um, creating content to help people with their life and their business and all that sort of stuff for years. And I've been following him for many years and, and been a big fan of his. Uh, he has several books as well. And uh, in early 2001, uh, I first got into cryptocurrency because a friend of mine, a friend of my wife's actually encouraged us to start buying some Bitcoin. And then I was listening to Gary Vee um, every day on his podcast, and he started talking a little bit about Ethereum and NFTs. Um, and so I started buying a little bit of Ethereum as well. Uh, Ethereum is the second biggest cryptocurrency. Uh, it's a little bit different from Bitcoin because in addition to being um, a currency, it's also essentially a platform on which NFTs are um, built and are created and uh, traded essentially. So most of the times when you hear people talk, you hear people talk about buying or selling or trading NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, I'd say at least probably 90% of the time it's done on the Ethereum blockchain. So it's done in ETH, ETH for short, uh, Ethereum. Uh, but there are some others out there on other platforms called Solana. There's one called Cardano um, and some others that are coming up. But Ethereum is the main one. So I started buying Ethereum. It's also, like I said, the second biggest cryptocurrency. Um, right now, as we are recording this, uh, one Ethereum is worth about $3,000. It goes up and down daily. It's one of those things that you can buy, sell, trade, essentially. Um, and so we started buying that. And then Gary started talking about NFTs. And so going back to, I would say exactly one year ago, March of 2021, I was in the exact same position you were. I was like, what the heck is an NFT? Why should I pay attention to this? But Gary's talking about it. So I know this is something I need to pay attention to. And I was like reading stuff, watching videos, listening to him. And it was really hard to wrap my head around it for the first few weeks. Um, talking to one of my best friends, Bennett, who was starting to do research on it as well. Like, okay, let's try to figure this out. Um, and then Gary started educating people more on it. He was talking about it more. Uh, and then he launched his own project. Uh, when I say project, there's a lot of different collections of NFTs out there. There are artists that create art as NFTs. There are entrepreneurs that are releasing um, collections of NFTs that are sort of like a, a part of their business or their brand. Um, there are all kinds of different variables on this, but the most common is that you see a group or a company or an entrepreneur or an artist release a collection of NFTs in the in the range of a thousand or even uh, Gary's collection was 10,000 called V Friends. And uh, because I was a big fan of his and uh, what he was creating was essentially um, was uh, promoting a lot of things that I'm that I am into uh, personal development type topics, things like gratitude and uh, accountability and appreciation and all this stuff um, that I'm into. Uh, I knew I wanted to to buy into it, and it was a significant investment. You had to have Ethereum 
ready to go. Uh, it launched in mid-May 2021. Um, I got my wife on board. We listened to a bunch of interviews with him. And we ended up buying five of those vFriends um, for around 10 ETH, which at the time was worth about $40,000. So we invested a significant amount of money uh, into these things. And I trust him, but I still had no idea where this was going to go, right? So, right. Um, but that was kind of, that was the beginning. And then at that time, again, my, uh, one of my best friends, Bennett Phillips was getting, uh, he had, he and I had been business partners. He got into NFTs. Uh, he read a New York Times article about this uh, digital horse racing game called Zed Run. And we both um, bought into that a little bit, thinking it might be a business opportunity because you could like buy these horses and then you could breed them and race them. Um, anything you could do in real life with horses, they were essentially, it was the digital version. Uh, that didn't work out too well for us. We, we it didn't really end up making any money there. We kind of had them for a couple months and then we sold them and kind of broke even. Um, but then we bought into some other things that ended up doing pretty well and making some money. And um, we just started like following the project. I remember last summer, um, my wife and, and kids and I were on this long road trip across the country. That was when we met up with you in Kansas City. And we were just looking for podcasts about NFTs and like listening to everything and researching as much as we could um, in cryptocurrency to try to understand the space. And just started making more and more connections with people, following different people, buying into different projects um, and investing more and more into the space because I just started to really believe in it. And, you know, there's been some things that I've bought that have become worthless, aren't really worth very much. Um, and then there's some things I've bought like the VFriends that are worth a lot of money and have done... Uh, very well. And it's still only, uh, we're about nine months in since I started buying them. And I think that this is just the beginning. So, you know, a lot of those things I plan on holding for a long time, but there's no way to know exactly where it's all going to go. Sure. Sure. Okay. And then the you know, last thing I'll add, which you mentioned earlier, because you asked about my journey is in November, I launched the podcast, my NFT journey. And again, it was just a way to start sharing what I'm doing, what I'm learning, um, you know, share the journeys of some others who are getting into the space or have gotten into the space um, and educate other people along the way and start to build a little bit of a brand in that space. Because I do think that, like I said earlier, I think Web3 uh, takes over everything that we do, becomes a part of our business world. And therefore, I think every company is going to be getting into this space at some point. Um, so I figure I might as well start to build a, build a bit of a brand there as someone who knows what's going on and uh, see where it leads. You never know. Sure, sure. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, I do have something else I want to go back to that's a little more yeah. elementary. But mm. since you mentioned that, yeah, and we we certainly have an entrepreneurial flair to what we do here mm. on relationships and revenue. Let's talk a little bit about this whole idea of someone's brand, someone's personal brand, and right. how can that be reflected in this whole idea of NFTs. Yeah, well, um, I, there's a couple of different aspects there. One is I'm, I'm all about personal brand, and I know you are as well, and I think it's really important. I have a chapter in my book about the importance of building a personal brand um, to set yourself up for future success. You know, Whether you are an entrepreneur or you're a corporate employee, you think about going out and, and trying to get a job down the road. When you go interview uh, for something, um, you know, obviously, they're going to take into consideration your, your skills and your experience. But your overall brand and what people think about you and your brand is essentially your reputation, right? It's what people think yeah. and say about you, especially when you're not in the room. And when you go for that interview uh, and they have a discussion about whether they want to hire you or not, guess what? You're not going to be in the room, right? Right. Like, so it's going to come down to your brand and like who you are and what they think about you and their perception is their reality. 
So I think the, your brand is really important for you in business and, you know, career, uh, as well as, you know, the personal, personal life. And so when I talk about, okay, let me go build a brand in this space. I'm not necessarily moving my business into the NFT world quite yet, although I'm certainly always thinking about, okay, what can I be doing? Um, what else can I do in this space and how can I integrate it with my business? But I know within the next one to five years, lots and lots of businesses are going to be jumping into this space and they're going to be looking for help, right? And so if I establish myself as someone who is into this space and knows what's going on now and continue to educate myself, continue to learn, then I might be seen as one of those experts that that companies want to go to or people want to go to, um, you know, to potentially hire me if I want to go down that road. I don't even know if I want to, but I might as well start to build that brand now. And I've already seen how quickly that can work. You know, I mean, you reached out to me and asked me to do this interview on your show. Yeah. You're not the first, right? Probably won't be the last. I've had several friends who have invited me on their podcast to talk about NFTs. And I'm not, I don't consider myself an expert, but I'm someone who's in the space and have talked about it, right? And so mm -hmm. you're some, I'm someone you know uh, who knows about NFTs. Now, you can also build a brand in the NFT world, uh, I think, mm -hmm. you know, with, uh, you know, the NFT world kind of lives on Twitter. That's like the big place. Okay. So you can get active there. Um, you can build a network. I mean, there's so many amazing people in the space. I've started to make a lot of great friends through the NFT space, which, you know, helps to build your brand. And then I think there's going to be tons and tons of opportunities for people. Um, I think if you're an artist or a creator, which, you know, I consider myself a creator because I create a lot of content on social media, but I've never really thought of myself as an artist, but I have a lot of friends who are, um, I think the opportunities are absolutely huge and they're endless, right? You no longer have to go through a middleman, through a, through a gallery or some company or really like start out tiny. I mean, most people still have to start off small, but you can start to build a brand on social media and you can start to create digital art and sell them as NFTs right now today mm -hmm. and if the right people find it and get interested in it they could end up being worth a lot of money we're seeing artists that are really taking off who are you know 19 20 21 years old in the nft space um because people really like their art they like what they're doing um and they're building a brand as you know early artists in the nft space who are doing really cool things so there's just a lot of really cool stuff you know musicians are probably going to start getting involved in it but it's similar i think to what you're seeing with musicians who are you know, skipping the old model of having to go through labels now with things like TikTok, where they're just being discovered and, you know, things blow up. Like I, I posted about this on Facebook the other day, you know, the number one song on the radio right now, I think, as you and I recorded this, is that song, uh, ABCDEFU, yeah, ABCDEFU. I forgot who sings it. I don't know if you've heard that song, but she, she created it and started posting it on TikTok and it like took off. Right. And mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot more examples of that. Uh, where these songs, musicians, artists, creators are going to be taking off based on this, you know, not only social media world, but the blockchain, Web3 world. Uh, things are going to start happening in the metaverse. Like, you know, who knows where this is all going to go? But I think it just, it creates more opportunities. It's decentralized, it's democratized. Um, there's not as much reliance on those like third party labels or administrators or things like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure <clears throat> there is another episode worthy of the metaverse again because that's which i'm definitely term. not an expert on but i know that what i know almost nothing about but could you yeah. at least explain what the term means well um to so, the best of your understanding yeah um and by the way the song a b c d e f u is by a singer named gail g-a-y-l-e so if you haven't heard it look it up okay. it's a very it's a very catchy song anyway um yeah the metaverse i think is this idea of 
living in a digital world, if you think about um, uh, what's, if you've ever seen the movie Ready Player One or read the book, um, Steven Spielberg produced a movie based on the book a few years ago. It's really good. And it's kind of this idea that like people are going to live in a virtual digital world that is separate from the real world that we live in. Um, and you know, you hear about companies and people buying uh, digital real estate in the metaverse and setting up companies and worlds in the metaverse. Like, um, you know, Facebook changed their name to meta, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's big on this space and investing going that direction. I think virtual reality will play, uh, um, a part in this. I think the benefit is going to be that it's kind of an added level of being able to hang out with people that you wouldn't necessarily be able to see in real life, right? So for example, I mean, John, you live in Kansas City. I live in Orlando. Um, if it wasn't for the invention of things like Zoom, you and I would not be able to see each other, right? Maybe we could talk right. on the phone. Since probably the 1930s, we could at least talk on the phone. Um, yeah. It might cost a lot of money until the last 20 years, then it was maybe free, <laughs> True. right? True. Um, but since maybe the year 2008 or so, we've been able to maybe do video calls like this, right? Um, so I would think of it as like kind of the next evolution where we're going to be like standing next to each other in a virtual world. And it's like as close as we could be to being together in real life without being together in real life. Now, yeah. I think I think this is where everything is going. And I know there's a lot of people are like, I don't want to live in that world. And I don't want to live in that world either. But I do think this is where it's all going. And I don't think we're going to have to be there all the time. Right. I think that people still crave real connection and want to be together in person, right? Like Agreed. you and I can talk all day on Zoom. We still went out of our way to meet up with each other in person when I was in Kansas because there's a lot of value in that. And I see, Absolutely. you know, we're also talking right before we start recording. And I'm a speaker. I'm someone who goes to a lot of conferences. Conferences are coming back, right? And I think we've proven through the pandemic that business can get done virtually, remotely. We don't have to be together to do business, right? Like plenty of businesses survived, even thrived and took off throughout 2020 and 2021. Mine did fine, you know, converting everything to, to digital, to virtual. Mm -hmm. um, and yet people still crave that human connection. And so I think I see conferences coming back in a big way. Um, I was even mentioning, by the way, I think it's funny, you know, in the NFT space, you think of all spaces, people are very comfortable being in a digital world. There are so many NFT conferences popping up right now and people getting together in New York and Miami and LA and Las Vegas. Um, they're popping up everywhere because I think people just, no matter what kind of space it is or who we are, um, humans crave that social connection. So I think that's still going to happen, but the metaverse is going to allow us to kind of hang out together in a digital virtual world. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what that creates for us. I don't know yet. For sure, for sure. All right, so let's talk to the person who's hearing all this stuff explain in a way that makes sense yeah. for the first time. And they're like, okay, Andy, you, you got me. I right. have buy-in now. Yeah. I, I think it's worth doing. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Yeah. How do I start? Yeah, and I would even take a step back if you've been listening, you're like, okay, this sounds interesting, but like, I don't know if I really care here's why you should care. You don't need to start investing. You don't have to invest a significant amount of money like I did. Um, but if you go back to the analogy I painted a, a, about the internet and us being in 1997, and you think about that, and if you had just ignored the internet, and some people did, right? And said, oh, this is a fad, mm -hmm. but they were wrong, right? Like yeah. it changed everything. And now is it possible to do business today without being on the internet? Yes, but it's pretty rare, right? And yeah. those who are on early, 
um, some of them were big winners, right? Like Amazon, Jeff Bezos. So I think there's a lot of opportunities there. And I think that if you're interested in business at all, in economics, in social, you know, uh, order, whatever it is, like, I think it's, I think it's definitely worth paying attention to, to watch what's going on. Um, there could be a lot of job opportunities, could be all kinds of interesting stuff that goes on. So I think it's at least worth paying attention to. Um, there are also a lot of interesting investment opportunities, um, but it is a very volatile world, of course. Um, if you are ready to get started, uh, the steps I would say, and I also have uh, multiple episodes on my podcast to walk you through this. And of course, you can go Google and watch YouTube videos and, and find tutorials on this. I've been working on a guide as well. Um, but step one, if you haven't bought any cryptocurrency yet, would be to maybe start with that. If you want to buy an NFT, um, to probably go buy some Ethereum, uh, I would recommend signing up with either Coinbase or um, Crypto.com is one that's been in the you know the the press a lot lately with like the Matt Damon commercials and all that stuff. They mm -hmm. they renamed the Lakers Arena. Um, they're a big competitor. Oh, wow. Voyager is another one. There's a ton of players in that space. Um, Coinbase, I think, is the biggest. They're also a public company, so like you know they're they're pretty secure. Um, you can sign up, connect it to your bank account and go buy, say, $500 worth of Ethereum today at whatever number it's at. Like I said, today, as you and I record, I think it's about $3,000 uh, per coin. And then if you want to go buy some NFTs, right now, again, as I mentioned, it's a little bit of a cumbersome process. You want to go to um, download MetaMask, which I think is um, metamask.io. Let me just confirm that. metamask.io. You can Google it. If you go to the website, it should be there should be a little picture of a fox next to the MetaMask name. Um, you download that in your Google Chrome browser. You can also download an app on your phone, but get the Chrome, um, uh, what is it? The Chrome widget, Chrome at Chrome app. And then you're going to create a little account and that's going to give you a digital wallet. And once you have that set up, then you need to transfer the Ethereum from your Coinbase wallet to your MetaMask wallet, which is where things get a little tricky, right? But you get your, your wallet, every wallet has an ID. I think it's like 20 or 25 characters long, alphanumeric. Um, you're just going to copy and paste it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you can also get a custom wallet uh, ID that you could use. Um, my friend works for a company called Unstoppable Domains, where you can buy, for instance, I have andystorage.eth. And uh, okay. you can send, if anybody wants to try it, if you have some ETH in your wallet right now, you can send it to andystorage.eth and it would go right to me. Uh, you don't have to do that. But just as an example, so I don't have to like try to give out like a 25 digit alphanumeric. So you could go buy johnhewlin.eth or .nft um, and be able to receive uh, stuff there. So um, you would take that, say that $500 that you bought in Coinbase or 300, whatever, and uh, go in there and hit transfer and paste in the wallet ID for your MetaMask wallet, transfer it in there. And then once you've got the ETH in there, you're ready to go buy an NFT. And I would say, with like gas, which is the transaction fees and everything, um, the cheapest you're you're gonna get into something is is maybe like $150. So it'd have at least that much. Um, and then the next thing is gonna be like, how do you figure out what to buy? Right. So the the yeah. main the main website that you would go to to buy something uh is opensea.io. That's kind of like the eBay of NFTs, OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A dot IO. Um, I'd say 90% of NFT transactions are there. Um wow. a newer um, competitor that I've invested in a little bit. It's called LooksRare, L-O-O-K-S-R-A-R-E.org, I think. Uh, LooksRare, uh, yeah, .org. And they're also an NFT marketplace platform. So you can go one of those. There's many others. 
-hmm. and you can just go searching through stuff. Um, what I generally recommend is go on Twitter and start following some people in the NFT space and see what they're talking about. Um, you can follow me, Andy Storch, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H. Um, I've talked on my podcast about things that I've been into. Um, I did an episode with my friend Bennett, who's very big on what he calls underdogs. So like kind of cheaper NFTs that you're not ready to, you know, put like the cheapest, like I mentioned, Gary V, his B friends, the cheapest right now is $50,000, right? You're probably, yeah. if you're not ready to jump into that, right. And you want to find something for like 150, 200, $300. Uh, there's plenty of those out there as well. And um, there are some with potential to be like worth a ton of money long-term. You just don't know what's what. And so I think, um, you know, the key is just kind of dip your toe in and like start playing with it. Then you got to download something called Discord, which is like the social platform that a lot of the NFT um, conversations happen on. Like every project has their own Discord. Uh, it's kind of like a Slack uh, like chat room on steroids, essentially. Okay. Um, but again, most of the NFT world is on Twitter and all the conversations going on there. Um, so, and, and I'm working on coming out with a little collection that I can offer to people as kind of a beginner thing to support my podcast as well, uh, which is something you may want to look into doing, John, and I'll share. Once I get through it, I'll, I'll share the process with you. Okay. Um, and so for those who are out there who are creators, right, look into taking your art or your podcast or business, whatever, and you could create stuff that people could use to support you. You could have access tied to it. So I could say, hey, buy this NFT for $500. And that includes a coaching call with me, or that includes um, you know, a group dinner or something like that. There's Gary Vee's doing stuff like that. There are others who are doing yeah. things like that. Tom Bilyeu, who runs uh, Impact Theory, uh, has done that. And I have some of his NFTs as well. So there's a lot of interesting things that can be done from a business perspective. And, and I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, but check out my podcast, my NFT journey. Again, I have episodes where I walk through each of those steps, um, and you can go Google it and there's tons of great information out there as well. Oh yeah. Well, Andy, oh my gosh, so much good stuff there. In fact, folks, we will be sure to include in the show notes, the specific episodes that Andy's talking about. He talked about them in general terms, but we're going to list them out for you. So you'll be able to find them and identify it and jump in right away and go step by step. Because I know he goes much deeper in those than he has time to do today. For sure. And I would add too, one more thing. I kind of mentioned this, but like, yeah, I know your show, you're all about networking and relationships. Absolutely. The NFT space is no different from anything else in business. Most of the things that I've found and opportunities I've gotten into have been from networking, from friends, from building relationships. You know, I have like a, a WhatsApp uh, group with like eight friends who are all into NFTs and like, we'll text each other daily. If like, oh, this thing is happening. You may want to check this out, right? To kind of keep each other up to date. Um, that's happening in Discord. It's happening on Twitter, right? And like, and then I've met people through those places and then gotten on Zoom and met up in real life. And like you, just like anywhere else, right? You make real friends, you build trusting relationships, people help each other out. Like you find opportunities and you just got to put in the time to go meet people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So goodness. It's it's hard to know where to go from here because there was so much that you gave us. Yeah, um, I've got a little more time. Well, let me let me ask this real quick. How do you? How would you go about deploying? Let's say that it's someone like like you and I. Okay, let's let's talk a little deeper yeah. about that because yes, we both have personal brands, but you know, I'm not creating digitally or otherwise. I'm not creating art. Like right. that. I'm not a singer, so I'm not making and I and I don't play music. Yep. I mean, so I, I'm not making those kinds of things, but yep. how can I take the kinds of things that I do 
yep. and create NFTs out of that. Yeah. So just like anything else in business, you can outsource, you could partner, right? So okay. you can hire an artist. Um, let's say like okay. one one idea I'm I'm investigating, thinking about is taking my podcast and turning each episode into an NFT, right? It could be an audio file, um, but there mm -hmm. would also be a, a visual uh, representation of that as well. And I don't consider myself an artist either. So I could hire an artist, right? Uh, either on Upwork or someone I know and say, hey, can you make a, uh, a graphic that has like me talking into a microphone or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. That becomes this piece of digital art. And then you go mint that, like when you create an NFT, they call it minting, minting on mm -hmm. the blockchain um, on OpenSea or somewhere else. Uh, Looks Rare is another one. I mentioned uh, Rarible, I think there's some other ones, but you go mint it on the blockchain and then it's essentially on there. And then it's up to you to like, see if you can go sell it, right? So then you could be talking to your yeah. podcast and say, hey, if you want to support the show, uh, go to you know your website and there's a collection of 100 relationships and revenue NFTs, there will only be 100 ever. And they're, you know, however much you decide they are. And if you get it, you'll be one of the first, you know, early supporters, adopters, collectors, and the first 50 or whatever are going to get, you know, two group coaching calls, or we're going to get on a zoom or, you know, whatever you could, you can throw in access. Um, you, you can tie a whole bunch of stuff to it. So, uh, and, and, you know, like you could create a community around it, like I said, create a discord and maybe you're an artist, but you're not so good at managing community, right? You could hire a community manager, right? Um, you could hire somebody in marketing to go run Twitter ads or Facebook ads, right? So don't, yeah, don't forget about in the business world, like play to your strengths and partner with others, collaborate, hire. Um, so like I'm going to, I have a marketing person on my team now, but I'll probably hire an artist, right? To create something for me when I go to maybe create my own NFT collection. Okay. Okay. I could see that. In fact, the way you were describing it, it sounded a lot like, and you'll appreciate this because you're in the podcasting world like I am, uh, it sounds a lot like how some people do specialized things for Patreon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds a lot like that. I think I think this could replace the, you know, Patreon's a great business and service that a lot of podcasters use, right? If you want to support my show, go mm -hmm. to Patreon. Um, there's another one that people use called like buy me a cup of coffee or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Um, this could replace that, right? Like I gave out my, my domain, um, andystorch.nft, right? You could be like, I like that guy. I want to support his show and just send me like 50 bucks worth. I'm not saying anybody has to do that. Right. But you know, if you had yours, just send John some cryptocurrency. If you had it in your wallet, like that may be where things are going or go buy his NFT to support the show. And now it gets you. Not only does it get you like you support the show, it might get you access to other things and they could, you could sell that later, right? Like what if John becomes more popular and you like, he creates a collection of only 100 NFTs supporting relationship revenue, uh, all of a sudden next year, your show, like, I know you've done very well, right? But your show really blows up, right? And you start having tens of thousands of downloads, millions of downloads, and all of a sudden you're very popular. And those that original collection of 100 NFTs becomes a lot more valuable because people are like, oh, you had the original collection. Right. They're, they're worth a lot more. Now, you originally sold them for $100. Now they're worth $5,000, right? So right. this is what, I, what I'm really excited about in this space, both as a creator and a collector, is that you have an opportunity to support. If you're an artist or an entrepreneur or a creator, you can use this to connect directly with people um, and, you know, and make money from it as well. 
But as an investor, a collector, an enthusiast, you can invest in artists and entrepreneurs and musicians that you believe in where you couldn't really do that before, right? You could buy their t-shirts, go to their concert, right? Um, Maybe buy a coaching call if they're, you know, a coach or an entrepreneur or something like that. Um, But this gives you an opportunity to really, like I'm invested in Gary Vee. He has millions of followers, but it's really nothing compared to the the full population of the world, right? And he continues to grow in popularity. Those NFTs will grow in popularity. Like I think about, um, let's have you ever, uh, John, have you ever been like a fan of a band or a musician before they became, they really made it? Like, oh yeah, band. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's an example of that? Uh, not that I would expect you to know who these guys are, but, um, when I was in college, there there was a band called jars of clay. Oh, I I remember jars of clay. Yeah. My, my exposure to them was their, I got to hear their demo tape. That's how early it was. I heard the demo tape before they were ever even signed. Okay. All that's, I mean, it was such a demo tape that I heard the individual parts and then it was all put together. (laughs) Okay. That's a great example. So this is early, right? Yo, super. Imagine, imagine like you're a fan of Jar of Clay, Jars of Clay. And this is what, like late 90s? I'm trying to remember when. Oh, this was early 90s. Early 90s. Okay. So it's early 90s. You're, you're a fan of Jar of, Jars of Clay. Um, they're starting to play like local shows and they've got this demo, but they're not signed by a label yet. And they're like, look, we are barely hanging on. We're working jobs as waiters and all this stuff. Um, we're going to release this collection of 1,000 NFTs um, and we're going to sell them for, uh, you know, $100 each for our fans to support us and keep us going, right? So now they've raised, let's say $100,000 and it pays for the band for the next couple of years to like keep rocking until yeah. they make it, right? And you and you feel good, you supported the band. Now they get signed, they take off. All of a sudden they're one of the, the most popular rock bands in the country for a couple of years. And let's say that kept on going, right? And they become, you know, the next Metallica or something like that, right? You now hold one of those, that small collection of 1,000 NFTs, they have millions of fans, that becomes worth a lot of money. You're supporting an early an artist or entrepreneur early in their journey, and you have a chance to gain from that, right? Because how many times have you seen a friend who was like, oh, I knew them before they were famous, before they sold out. Like, I don't even like them anymore. <laughs> you know, you see, you yeah. hear those people, right? Now you're like rooting for, for them to be successful. You're like, oh man, I hope they make it because then my NFTs are going to be worth more. Now, here's the <laughs> interesting thing for them, for the band, for the creator, um, we haven't talked about this yet, but all NFTs have are built on something called smart contracts. And you can put into the smart contract that, yeah, I'm selling this NFT now for $100, but if it's ever sold on the secondary market, I get 10% of that sale in wow. perpetuity, right? So you buy it for $100, you're supporting the band. Now they're, they've taken, a, it's five years later, they're huge, they're playing in big arenas all over the country. And now that NFT is worth $5,000 and you decide, I'm ready to cash out. I could use the money to buy a new, uh, buy a car or whatever, right? And you sell it for five thousand dollars. Well, the band gets five hundred dollars from that sale. They're getting more than they got from the original sale, so uh, they also gain from their continued rise in popularity. So everybody has incentive um, for them to keep on winning. And I just think about this. You know, you think about artists and creators and authors throughout all of time. Like I, I always go to Picasso for some reason. Like the most prolific artist in world history probably created thousands of pieces of art and i would bet that less than more than half of them were like sold for 40 dollars on the street right when he was just getting his start and now they're worth thousands of dollars right and he's long past but yeah. imagine his family foundation st- every time one sells at a christie's auction for a million bucks they still get a piece of that 
to yeah. benefit from the work that he did early in his career. And you could see that could happen with all kinds of different stuff. There's just so much possibility and opportunities in this space for creators, for investors, for collectors. Um, and that's why you can tell, like I get, I get really excited about it. Going on that theme for just a minute, something just kind of came to mind. You tell me if this fits in with what we're talking about here. Uh, one of the things that I love to do, because not unlike you, I love to be able to help and encourage people. And one of the ways that I do that is by sharing quotes. Now, a lot of them, not all of them, but I'll say some of them are mine. They are originals. Yeah. I can imagine how it would be, it would behoove me in this world, in this web three kind of world to create my own meme, if you will, that has my quote on it and make that an NFT available that someone could purchase yep. to have. So it's like, hey, yeah. this is an original right. from him. It could either be original because they like me or because right. they like what it says or both. Right. Yeah, there's, there's tons of possibilities there. And the question is, would you commit to never uttering that quote again? Do they own the quote? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. No, I don't know. I, I don't know if it necessarily would come with ownership of the you know, because it's not necessarily, it's not copyrighted anyway, but it, I do think there's a lot of opportunity for that. Like, uh, especially for fans of yours who are like, I like the stuff that he talks about. I want to own this. Like before I was like, okay, I could get a poster for my wall, but now you could have a digital uh, representation of it and feel like you own a piece and you've supported John's show and his journey um, and could benefit if, you know, you, like, again, you become more popular and now it goes up in value, just like art from an artist who's become more popular or a musician. For sure, for sure. I could even see how as a podcaster, you yeah. could um, create uh, artwork from the specific episode where you're interviewing someone. And as a gift, you could gift an, an original NFT piece of art representing that episode to the guest. I've thought about that as well. I've been, I, I've been thinking about that. Um, I, yeah, I think there's, there's, I mean, there's opportunities, right. And then the access could be like, if you buy this NFT, you get to come on the show. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you think about bands getting like certain special access. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's, yeah, there's a band kind of thing. There's a band testing this now that I think is doing really well. If you're into rock, have you heard of Avenge Sevenfold? I have. Uh -huh. Yeah. So they've really recently released an NFT collection called the Death Bats Club. And, um, it, I, from all what I hear, they're doing it really well and giving, you know, it includes a lot of access to fans who buy into it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And if other bands, um, you know, go to replicate it. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, before I let you go, please remind everyone, including your Twitter account, what are the best ways to find you? If people want to reach out to you, talk to you, want to check out what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, I'm on all the socials. I'm on LinkedIn all day, every day, because I'm still uh, primarily a corporate consultant and speaker. Um, but I'm active on Twitter, Andy Storch, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H as uh, my handle there where a lot of NFT conversations are happening. Uh, and I have a website, andystorch.com. And uh, actually for the NFT stuff, you can go to andystorch.com slash NFT. And uh, my podcast is there. Uh, if I release an NFT collection, it will be a small thing. Um, something I'm working on, uh, that'll be on that page as well in the near future. And uh, I've been working on a guide, a free guide you can go sign up for there as well to give you more information on how to go buy and invest in NFTs. And don't forget to check out my podcast, My NFT Journey, where really I'm trying to break things down 
as easily as possible for people and share my journey. I just recorded one today about something I sold recently that I think I sold it too early. I, I think I just oh. missed out on huge amounts of profits because I sold it too early and just sharing like, hey, here's the mistake I made and here's what you could potentially learn from it. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, as I do with every episode, I have a final four. There's just four quick questions. Tell me the first thing pops in your head. And since you've been on, these are different four. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Here we go. Question number one. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> uh, not much. Usually I, I read a little bit and I go <laughs> to sleep pretty easily. Last night I did have some trouble going to sleep. And I would say going with the theme of the podcast, it doesn't happen often. Uh, but when I feel like a relationship is in question, um, there's some turmoil, some friction. Um, it could be with my wife, but more commonly, it's maybe with a friend or a client uh, where I just don't think like things are going very well. In this case, there's someone, uh, a friend I kind of broke up with recently and just, um, you know, on my mind, right? So relationships. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, almost to the exact opposite side of what you just said, what brings you joy? Mm. So many things. I mean, uh, first and foremost, spending time with my family, my wife and my kids, uh, traveling together. We just got back from a trip up to the Northeast, uh, to DC, Philly, and New York. Um, being able to help other people and, and seeing the results of that when I hear uh, feedback, affirmations um, you know, from people that they read my book or heard one of my talks and made some changes in their own life, um, that just pumps me up and, and gets me so excited. Um, and, um, I just really love, I love traveling and I love humanity and I love being out in nature, being in the mountains just brings me joy. All right. Uh, question number three, who's investing in you right now? I'm not talking about NFTs. I'm talking about who is building into the life of Andy right now? Well, um, nobody more than myself. I'm, I'm investing in myself mm -hmm. regularly and, and building. Um, you know, my wife and kids are right on this journey with me. Um, I have some good friends and mentors who I think support me and are with me on this journey. I have some clients who were very supportive of me. Um, you know, my mom, my parents are like, are there. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of people that I think are part of my journey are supporting me. Um, but I still like, I am the one who's making the decisions to truly invest in me, to choose to spend my time in certain areas, you know, to meditate every day, to go to the gym, to take care of my health and myself, to take care of relationships, to manage my time correctly and, and spend it in the right places to work on my business and my brand, et cetera, um, to invest in hiring coaches and joining mastermind groups and going to conferences and courses and, and things like that. Like that all comes down to me and how much do I want to invest in myself? For sure. For sure. And our final question, it's, it's a little bit of a longer question, but you'll understand why. If you were put into the witness protection program and you could take only one person with you, not family, okay, who would it be and why? Uh, I have so many questions about this question. Um, oh, no. Does it have to be somebody I have an existing relationship with? And it could be anybody. This since it's fictional, it could be anybody you want. Right. And and does it does it pull them out of their own life? Like I'm now leaving my wife and kids. And if I take my best friend with me, is he leave his wife and kids behind? Oh yeah. I mean, whoever it is is coming with you. So so he's gonna be pissed. Like 
<laughs> You're really thinking deeper about this than most people do. I'll oh you. man, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's something uh, I appreciate about you. Yeah. Um. I so I can't take my family. Um. I would either well because family's too easy to to say. I know. That's right? the only reason I said not family. Well, even then, it would be terrible, right? Be like, oh, I'll take my wife, but not my kids, or I'll take right, right. my kids, right, not my other one, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Um. So I would. I, I was going to say a toss up between. Uh, my friend Bennett, who I mentioned uh, multiple mm -hmm. times in the show, my former business partner, who's one of my best friends in the world, uh, we just we could hang out and have fun forever. Mm -hmm. um, well, <laughs> I'd take Gary V, who's like my my biggest okay. mentor, who you know <laughs> may possibly know who I am, but probably doesn't. Uh, but you know, I think we'd have some fun together. I you know I I love everything that he talks about, so I would at least be able to continue to learn and, and get better. Although I guess I could still consume his content from afar, <laughs> but whatever. I'm taking him with me. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, Andy, thank you very much for taking some of your time today to share with me and to share with the audience so that we could learn more about NFTs. And I realize we just barely scratched the surface. I know that. But I think I can say I feel like I've been through a coaching session on NFTs and I am appreciative of what you said. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, giving me the platform and the opportunity to speak about it. And I hope it helps some people. I hope a couple of you, if you're listening, um, that you don't get into, too intimidated by it, that you go check it out, um, You know, buy some Ethereum if you haven't already, dip your toe in the water, maybe buy an NFT or at least start following some people on this and, and you know, just try to figure it out because that's where we're all going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us today. Again, so appreciative of you taking the time because I know that right now is your most valuable resource and it is not renewable time. So thanks for being here. You guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Woo -woo. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.